You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got the whole crew with us on Friday afternoon. Skip Adams and Benjamin Walt getting ready for the bye week weekend. And uh, not a moment too soon for us, not a moment too soon for the Georgia Bulldogs as they heal up and get ready for what is going to be a very interesting close to the regular season. Um, still a lot to talk about on today's episode. Talk a little bit about recruiting news for the Bulldogs. Talk about what we heard earlier this week during a press conference with Kirby Smart and a few players, and uh, and then talk a little basketball to close this thing out. Had a chance to go to Birmingham on Wednesday, go to Men's Basketball Media Day, talk to Mike White and company. Um, ben, I'll start with you. Uh, how has this week been for you? Uh, still a busy week like we're going to get into in a minute, um, but uh, no game to get ready for this weekend. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, Ben didn't want to share how he's feeling. He'll be back on here, I'm sure, in a minute. Uh, Kip, uh, Kip, how is this week going, and uh, and just uh, how excited are you to have a little bit of a break during this season? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the time of the year where we got to get those gutters cleaned. You know, that last chance before uh, you know winter comes. And for me, I'm just you know going to be excited to watch a bunch of games that you know aren't involving Georgia, but you know you got to keep an eye out on the stand, see if there's. Uh, anyone trying to uh steal some signs uh you know from from the other teams since that's that's a big thing now i guess is as far as uh you know trying to get an edge the new thing is uh having somebody out there stealing signs so i'm just going to keep an eye out for that and make sure that you know georgia doesn't have anybody out there doing anything like that we don't want to be covering that in the years to come but it's it's enjoyable this is uh where you just get to all the Georgia fans and even the the Georgia, you know, writers get to sit back and kind of relax and enjoy a Saturday of college football where the outcome, you know, isn't really something to uh, to worry about. There's no, no, no stress involved. And uh, this is what it's all about. You get to watch everybody else really, really nervous about their seasons, you know, hanging in the balance. So, you know, that's that's a different kind of college football. And it's, it's something you really got to take advantage of and appreciate. Yeah, it sounds like Ben is having internet uh, connection issues. He'll jump back in with us in a few minutes. Yeah, like you mentioned, Kip, uh, going to be interesting to sort of watch everybody else sweat it out. Uh, no game for Georgia this week. Uh, a few uh, major teams uh, are not playing this weekend, but still a pretty interesting slate when you look at the games on the schedule. Well, Kip, let's jump into the big news for Georgia. On the recruiting front this week, they added to their 2024 class Four-star quarterback Andre Evans from Nashville flips his commitment from LSU to Georgia. 6'1", 183-pound cornerback, um, very fast uh, defensive back, a guy that uh, brings a lot to the table. Um, what do you sort of see in Andre Evans? What do, what do you sort of know about 
what he brings to the table and what it looks like Georgia is adding by getting him in this 24 class. Yeah, I mean, he fits exactly what you look for in a Georgia cornerback. Anytime you see someone who's six foot, 185 pounds, and uh, runs a 10-5-5-100 meter, that, that it fits exactly what Kirby Smart and Fran Brown look for in their secondary. So, you know, I think, you know, there's a little bit of surprise as far as Georgia adding another cornerback to the table, being that they already have two outstanding guys already on board in this class. Uh, you know, one, arguably the the most talented prospect in the country in Ellis Robinson, and then also a extremely talented uh, defensive back in DeMello Jones, two, uh, two guys that I, I think give Georgia just another incredible secondary class on their own. But this is a guy that Fran Brown didn't, didn't really give up on. When he committed to LSU over the summer, he had just added, you know, several camp offers LSU, Alabama, Georgia, LSU was able to land his commitment in June, but Fran Brown didn't give up, stayed in contact with him, made sure he knew he still wanted in Athens, and they were able to, to get him, you know, on campus last week for a practice, and I think that kind of sealed the deal for him, and he saw, you know, the development, he saw that, you know, there multiple cornerbacks have a chance to make an impact in that secondary, and he added his name to the commitment list this week. And again, this is a guy that's a, a top 10 cornerback on 24-7 sports. He was one of the big risers in the last top 247 update and just adds to a you know a number one overall recruiting class that I told Ben the other day that I think the most impressive thing about Andre Evans uh, as far as just adding him to the class is that he actually brought Georgia's average rating down uh, as far as the average uh, commitment. Uh, he is the number 152 overall prospect in the country on the composite. And I looked at the average rating. It was it was 9352 is the average score when he committed. And his score is a 9350, which basically means to keep the Georgia average intact, he had to be rated as the 148th best prospect or above in the top uh, 247. So I just think that was uh, just a really impressive overall statement on where this Georgia number one overall class is when they're able to add a, a high four-star like that, and it actually brings the average down. Yeah, 27 commits. You talked about some of those other corners that they've got, Ellis Robinson, DeMello Jones. You know, you have to feel good about how this class is coming together. Uh, want to look at a position of real interest for Georgia in this class and its defensive line. Last Saturday, they missed out on Aiden Breland, hoping for better results this Saturday with LJ McCray, a five-star defensive lineman from Daytona Beach. He's going to be announcing his commitment. Georgia's in the mix, as well as other schools like Florida State and Florida. Kip, what is the latest that you've heard on LJ? And, and if this doesn't go Georgia's way, uh, what do you think they are going to do next when it comes to defensive line? Oh, I will give credit to LJ. He is uh, keeping everyone guessing right now. I think he's actually keeping the college coaches guessing as well. And honestly, when you look at it, you know, we don't even know exactly what time he's announcing his commitment on Saturday. So he's truly just going to keep everyone guessing until the last minute. I, I think right now, LJ is going to stay in Florida to play college football, at least with this commitment. You know, really never known recruiting. Um, I know that Florida State has had a lot of momentum and got that last visit. I think in the end, it's going to be tough for uh, uh, the beat out Florida. I think Florida's the school that I would pick right now. But again, 
he's keeping everyone guessing. There was a time when, you know, we all thought Georgia had the momentum there and they did an outstanding job recruiting him. At the end of the day, it just seems like, uh, you know, it's it's been some some tough sledding for Georgia along the defensive line as far as recruiting this cycle. I, I do think they are going to miss out on this five star. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in response. I know Ben earlier in the week uh, put out uh, some of the JUCO guys that they're looking at. Uh, there's going to be um, some holes that they've got to fill in this class. You talk about the number one class, but still, you know, even when you bring in a class full of talent. Uh, you can still have some holes that need to be filled, and I'm sure Georgia's going to work to address that in the coming weeks, coming months. Yeah, one guy I'm really looking at for Georgia is Nasir Johnson. You know, he's actually committed to Florida right now at a Dublin, Georgia. And speaking of fat, uh, big risers, he's a guy that was made a huge jump in the last uh, 24-7 sports rankings update. He's now inside the top 100, uh, number 74 overall in the country. Six four and a half, three hundred pounds. He's a guy that again, Georgia's been able to to pique his interest. He's visiting. I, I think he's going to take an official visit uh, next month, and that's a guy for. We're talking about Georgia continuing to flip guys, able to flip a guy from LSU. I, I think Nasir Johnson's a guy that I would put on flip watch for Georgia as they look to to fill out those last uh, couple of spots in this recruiting class. So going from the recruiting trail back to Athens, uh, even though there's not a game this week, we did have a chance to do some interviews with Kirby Smart, uh, along with a few players, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, Dylan Fairchild, Malachi Starks, had a chance to talk to them on Tuesday. Just figured I would share uh, some of the notes, some of the things that stood out from that. Obviously, Brock Bowers was a big part of that conversation. Brock had surgery on Monday for that ankle injury. Uh, looking to see when he'll be back. You know, there's no timetable. I've seen numbers placed out there. It's all kind of just speculation, and Kirby didn't really want to give a timetable. They're going to just see how it goes, and, uh, you know, it's going to be the intrigue over the next month and change of when Brock can come back. Uh, Kirby didn't like being asked about if he was certain that Brock would come back and play for Georgia again. Um, all the indications I can get are that, you know, Brock is going to do everything he can to be back for this team. This sort of strikes me with – kind of guy that Brock is and uh, how much he wants to help this team. Um, thought it was interesting. Kirby was asked about Oscar Delp, and and he really emphasized that, you know, Oscar's role is not going to be any bigger as a result, um, that, you know, it's about basically everybody stepping up together, not just one guy. Um, it was really interesting to hear him talk about Brock and say that, you know, you, you can't replace a Superman. You know, it's not going to be one guy that just steps up. Um, and takes on that role that Brock Bowers um, has left as he works his way back from injury. Um, also, I asked Kirby about Makai Muse. I wrote about this on Friday. Um, sounded really confident in Makai. You know, he's had a few muffed punts, two in the past three games. Uh, also had a fumble on a punt return against UAB. But, you know, Kirby really emphasized how hard that is to return punts and, and really emphasized how much confidence he has in uh, Makai and, and what he can do. And, and and I wasn't anticipating really anything different. You know, you, you sort of had a feeling uh, that that's what he was going to say. Um, it was interesting talking to Marcus Rosemary. I mean, Jack Sane asked him if he felt like the offense uh, had any pressure on it um, to step up without Brock. And, uh, and you know, he said he didn't think so. Um, it, uh, it, it was something really to listen to everybody. And, and I thought everybody said the right things. You know, I thought everybody – took the right approach when it came to um, 
what they said about Brock Bauer specifically, because everybody knows that's part of the conversation. Um, and uh, hey, Ben, uh, glad to have you back uh, through some internet issues. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Ben, to start. I, I was talking about the conversations about Brock from Kirby Smart and some of the players earlier in this week. Um, did anything stand out to you from what you heard or what you saw? What was said about Brock and sort of the process that George is in now or if they kind of have to pick up the slack, not have a number 19 out there? Yeah, I'm doing a live audio check here while we're doing this. So I hope this sounds OK on everybody else's end. But uh, I think my biggest takeaway is probably this Georgia team is going to end up growing tired of a lot of the Brock Bowers questions that they're going to be ending up getting because he is the best player in college football in many people's minds. He was the heart and soul of this football team. And I think that as everybody looks forward, it's very natural to think, is he going to be back? Is he going to be able to play? What's his impact going to be? What should he or should he not do? Like these are going to be the natural questions that people are going to have conversations about. And I think you already saw some Kirby smart irritability around rock Bowers this week. Um, and I don't blame him necessarily for it either, but I also know that it's not going away because it's the nature of the injury and the comeback that he's coming, you know, that what he's dealing with it's going to be a weekly question. How is he coming along? What does his progress look like? It's not something where, okay, we revisit this in eight weeks and see, all right, what's the status of it? It really is going to be a weekly, you know, how are things coming along? Does it look like he's making progress to play this season from a, from a football standpoint? I mean, I think that I tend to, I think I lean toward what Kirby smart said earlier this week around the plays that they're going to be calling are not going to be that much different. It's going to be the personnel that they end up using in those situations. So I think that they're obviously not going to be running as much 12 personnel, so to speak, but a lot of the things that they've asked Brock Bowers to do, I think they're now going to be asking Dominic Lovett to do. They're going to be asking Ra Ra Thomas, Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, Dylan Bell, guys that have some of this versatility and they're going to plug and play. And just as we see with any other injury that Georgia suffers, they're going to say it's next man up. It is the same with Brock Bowers. It just feels a little bit different because, you know, I guess he's Superman. Ben Wolk and 12 personnel, a uh, name a better uh, duo right there. Yeah, I, most people listening to this probably don't even know the the uh, dynamic there, but I, I made the mistake of asking Kirby Smart a 12 personnel question a few weeks ago, and he just didn't want to have anything to do with it. He just said no. He's like, well, we're moving on. We run 12 personnel. Right, right. Well, it's the same with me, and and if anyone missed this, I have not fielded any punts uh, since we talked to Kirby <laughs> on Tuesday. I'm, I'm very sad to say. <laughs> we'll get you we need to get you out there i'm sure brett thorson has some free time he probably could get you some get you some reps out there what's he doing on the bye week i mean come yeah on. exactly right you gotta have a little bit of time kip uh was there anything that struck you about what was said on tuesday and even if there was anything not related specifically to brock uh, but just the conversations we heard about this team as they get ready for the close of the regular season yeah i mean they might get they got might get annoyed and sick about being asked about brock bowers but I mean, he's been basically, when you look at this offense and their recipe for success, I mean, Brock's been the cilantro. You know, he's been the, you know, you don't have to bake this thing perfectly. You just toss in some Brock Bowers if you're struggling and no one's going to know the difference. So now you don't have the cilantro anymore. Now Mike Boba has to actually get in there and cook, you know, and he has to be able to use players that, you know, have some, maybe some versatility but again brock was a guy that you just went out there you didn't even it didn't matter you just let him do whatever 
and he would make plays. I mean, he was getting the ball near their line of scrimmage and going for 15, 20 yards. Um, and that's 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 not a play. That's not how you design a play. You want to get guys open in space and allow them to, you know, to get yards after the catch, not having to break multiple tackles. And so these are different skill sets that Mike Bobo is going to have to take advantage of. But at the same time, if this Georgia team doesn't want to get asked about Brock Bowers, then make make fans not forget he's hurt, but uh, not worry about him not being on the field and play up to the standard that Brock Bowers has played for. If you want to see him in a jersey again, or at least I'm sure that he'll actually be dressed out for these home games. But if you want to see him take the field again for Georgia, then maybe play up to the standard that he's set for this program and, you know, go out there and dominate some opponents like you have the last couple of seasons that you've had Brock Bowers on the roster. And then he'll have uh, you know, a reason not that he needs one to get back on the field as quickly as possible. Cause I'm sure the biggest battle Georgia's fighting right now is probably between Ron Corson and Brock Bowers. Cause he's probably already trying to, you know, he's probably already in, fighting his rehab. Try, they're having to force him not to be out there practicing every day. And I, I think knowing Ron, he's trying to ease him back on the field. And that is not Brock Bowers at all. But again, if you want to see Brock Bowers again, play important football for Georgia, then make sure Georgia's playing important football in November. It's a good point. Uh, we will take a quick break, come back and talk a little bit more recruiting and also talk Georgia men's basketball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Well, Ben, I'm going to throw it to you since the internet was not very helpful for you a few minutes ago when we were getting started. But uh, just tell us about Andre Evans, what stands out to you and uh, what Georgia got by picking him up. Well, I, I think any time that Georgia is sort of scouring the guys that are committed elsewhere market for defensive backs, we should probably look closely at it as, okay, Georgia is not reaching out to Andre Evans for no reason. There are always going to be very specific reasons why Georgia has sought out a very specific player that is committed elsewhere. And I think in Andre Evans case, this is a guy that fits all you think about the Kirby smart check boxes that you need to be a defensive back for a Kirby smart. Andre Evans hits every single one of them. You know, he's six, one hundred ninety pounds. He's run in the mid tens in the hundred meter dash. He runs a low 21 in the 200 meter dash. He plays offense. He plays defense. When you talk to his high school coach, Engel Martin, who played quarterback at Florida and then at Furman, he just glows about this guy. I mean, the way that he talks about what Andre Evans is just from a football IQ standpoint, 
I mean, he talks about him as though he's one of the better high school football players that he's ever been around when it comes to understanding the game. And I mean, he, he I mentioned this in one of the stories that I wrote about him after he committed, but he's had multiple times this season where he's come to the sideline and he's said to his coach, who was a college football quarterback, and said, this is the play that we need to run here because this is what I'm seeing. And Engel Martin said that he basically at this point trusts Andre Evans when he sees something. If he sees something, he's going to enact it into a play call almost immediately after because that's just the type of football player that he is. He plays offense for his high school, so that obviously impacts what he, you know, the offensive plays that he's calling. But defensively, he's going to be a straight-up cover corner. I mean, he's going to be able to run with anybody. Um, really good pickup for Georgia. Obviously not a name that we had been – super familiar with necessarily, but this is a guy that camped in May got an offer immediately after we, you know, I've said this a million times too, but when you camp at Georgia and you pick up an offer, it's a not it, that offer means a little bit more than just, Oh, you picked up a random offer in the off season or during your football season or something like that. When Georgia's gotten its hands on you and they've seen you up close and personal and they want to give you an offer, it means a lot, especially as a defensive back. They give them a very rigorous workout that they have to go through when they're doing those private workouts. So I think that Andre Evans is someone that Georgia sought after for a while. He committed to LSU shortly after picking up that Georgia offer. So I think this has been one of those work-behind-the-scenes type of recruitments that ultimately they've turned out to be successful in. One more recruiting note, and Kip and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but with LJ McCray, how do you see that recruitment panning out and if Georgia does not land him are there any names that really stick out to you with defensive line this is a guy anybody who's been reading what I've been writing since June I feel very strongly about as a football player I mean he is as impressive up close to me as anyone that I've seen in this cycle that said I don't like Georgia's chances going into the weekend so this is definitely another sort of two weeks in a row a little bit of a ego hit for Georgia defensive line recruiting. I would say you're not going to win all of these battles. You, you look at some of the guys that Georgia already has in place in this class, like Joseph Jonah, John Yeh, and Jordan Thomas. Like you can never lose sight of what you already have and be upset because you not, maybe aren't winning some of the late cycle recruitments. That said, we all expect Georgia to be the mo the elite of the elite when it comes to defensive line recruiting based on what they've put on the field over the last few seasons. And so because of that, I think missing on Aiden Breeland last weekend is a bit of a surprise. I think Kip and I are in agreement. We're not expecting Georgia to land LJ McCray tomorrow. I think that there's maybe still some intrigue out there, whether it's Florida State or Florida. I lean Florida State just based on everything that I've heard. But, you know, I know how these recruitments uncommitted into their senior seasons have been going. They can get a little bit wild at the end. So you never really know. Um, but I'll say from a Georgia standpoint, I still feel like they need to add some defensive linemen in this cycle. I mean, they've had some misses down the stretch. They obviously have a good group in place, but I think that they do need to add to that. Florida has a guy committed from Dublin, Georgia, Nasir Johnson. I think that's an immediate name that you throw out there as a guy that has some of that interior lineman athleticism that would maybe, I don't want to say backfill what you lost from the Aiden Breland recruitment, but definitely would, you know, weather the blow from that with LJ McCray. I don't think that there's an immediate five tech edge option in the 24 class. That's going to solve not landing LJ McCray. I do think that Georgia has already proven they have offered the Juco space. I think that they'll probably look at the transfer market as well, but when it comes to, a pure five tech that fits what Georgia wants to do in that spot. Like they wanted LJ McCray to be. I don't necessarily know that there's an immediate answer there from the high school ranks. 
We'll be sure to follow LJ McCray's commitment on Saturday and the ramifications after that, and as well as anything else that is going on with the 2024 class. Before we get out of here, do a little Georgia Men's Basketball Minute. Uh, was in Birmingham on Wednesday for SEC Media Day. Had a chance to talk to Mike White, Justin Hill, Noah Thomason, um, and also talked to a few other coaches that have faced some of Georgia's first that are coming in. Um, heard some really good things about R.J. Melendez, who played at Illinois, and asked Eric Musselman about him. I was like, I, I don't know if you remember, he's number 15, and uh, he was like, Jordan, I, I remember I remember him because he had a pretty big second half uh, in their tournament game uh, against the Razorbacks. But um, I, I think that there's good uh, realistic optimism around the Georgia program. You know, they were voted 12th out of 14 teams uh, in the predicted order of finish. I think they'll finish higher than that. I have them ninth, and I think if they're in that range, they very well will be in that NCAA tournament uh, conversation going into March. I think I've said it on the podcast before uh, that I think the NIT is the realistic goal for this team in year two of Mike White. Heard some really good things about practice in the last few days. Melendez, who I'd mentioned, sounds like he is really impressing. The guy that I really want to see in action is going to be Noah Thomas in the Niagara transfer, who we talked to for the first time when we were in Birmingham. Very impressive. A guy that actually grew up playing with Justin Hill when they were fifth, sixth, seventh graders in Houston. Uh, looking forward to to trying to dive a little bit deeper into that. I'm hoping to have a story in the next few weeks about those two guys when they were kids. Uh, but it's going to be a very exciting season. Uh, October 30th, they have an exhibition against Eastern Kentucky, who's a pretty good team. I think they were the CBI runner-up last season, so that should make for a pretty fun exhibition. And then November 6th, I'm still waiting to get cleared uh, from our boss to, to go out to Las Vegas for that Georgia-Oregon game. Uh, uh, but I think that'll be a fun one to open the season. Um, I think that's it, guys. Do, do you guys have any uh, anything exciting? I'll start with you, Kip. Anything fun planned for the bye week weekend? I'm pumped to uh, see uh, the Falcons take the lead in the NFC South, you know, going down to Tampa this weekend to establish their dominance in the division. Uh, thank you to the Jaguars for taking care of business on another outstanding edition of Thursday Night Football. But, yeah, other than the, the previously mentioned, uh, you know, chores around the house that haven't been done for someone working at home for the last two months for some reason uh, i'll be taking advantage of that but uh yeah let, let's let's see the falcons bounce back and uh you know maybe we get a good game from desmond ritter this week the most confident rise up that i have ever heard man i'm pumped just based off how kip had to say that ben how about you anything fun planned for this weekend well for those of you watching on youtube that can see my background or that could recognize my internet issues. I'm down in my, my wife's condo in Savannah. I'm going to a high school game tonight. Uh, Thomas Blackshear, 2025 wide receiver at uh, Calvary Day. So I'm going to go see him play. He was at Georgia at the beginning of the year. But the, the beauty of this weekend, I don't know if you guys feel this way as well, but just when Georgia's playing, I don't feel like I watch as many of the other games. So I made sure I was like, we planned it out where it's like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to go see this game. Like we're going to get down to Savannah. I'm going to go see this game tonight. We're going to get back up to Athens so that I can sit on the couch and enjoy some college football tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm really looking forward to, and it's a great slate too. It's a great slate. Very excited. Uh, besides watching the games, Hey, Killers of the Flower Moon is out. I think I'm going Friday night to watch that one. It's about four hours, I think. It's something ridiculous. Of course but, it is. <laughs> but I cannot wait. So I'll, I'll have to give that review. 
Um, but other than that, be a nice chance to kind of regroup, probably visit some friends this weekend, and then get ready for these last five games of the regular season because I think it's going to be a fun one. Watch out for those sign stealers. Yes, yes. We are all on alert, and uh, we're putting Kip in charge to, to make sure that doesn't happen in Athens. Uh, we're going to wrap up the episode right there. I appreciate everyone who watched this live. Appreciate everyone who has listened after the fact. Appreciate Benjamin Wolk for fighting some real Wi-Fi issues. I mean, he could have he could have tapped out, but Ben, uh, heads up, you know, a, a big round of applause finishing the drill like he did. What did I miss? Like the first ten minutes? Does anyone want to give me the cliff notes on that? Andre Evans and L.J. McCray, I think, was that in okay. a, a, a bit of a monologue about Jim Harbaugh still inside. So okay. Can... Okay. Well. Uh, I would make sure and tell everybody to go to dogs247.com if you haven't already go subscribe we've got all kinds of VIP content both about the Bulldogs team and recruiting in 2024 and beyond and go to YouTube subscribe to Dogs247 you've got these great podcasts you have the Kirby Smart press conferences and you've got the player interviews there that you can check out so for Kip Adams and Benjamin Wolf I am Jordan Hill take care everybody